This is a recast of the 6400-word piece, Variational Autoencoders, VIEs, from kept5.blog. This article explains the use and applications of variational autoencoders, VIEs, for compressing, generating, and capturing complex data distributions. Let's listen in. So the article is about a type of artificial neural network called variational autoencoders, or VAEs for short. VAEs are used in machine learning and data analysis to compress and generate data, detect anomalies, and reduce noise in images. Autoencoders are composed of two parts, an encoder and a decoder. The encoder compresses the input data into a smaller, more compact latent space, while the decoder reconstructs the data from this latent space back into the original input space. Sounds complicated, but if an autoencoder is well-trained, it can represent the input data in a useful way while minimizing information loss during the encoding and decoding process. This is why they are often used for tasks such as data compression, noise suppression, and dimensionality reduction. That makes sense. So what makes VAEs different from traditional autoencoders? Well, it has to do with how VAEs treat the latent space. A traditional autoencoder learns a fixed exact representation in the latent space. In other words, each input corresponds to one point in the latent space. But VAEs learn a probability distribution over the latent space. Instead of assigning each input to one point in the latent space, VAEs assign each input to a whole region in the latent space. This has the advantage of allowing VAEs to generate new data that resembles the original data distribution by randomly sampling from the latent space and reconstructing these samples through the decoder. That's right. VAEs also use a special type of loss function that takes into account both the reconstruction accuracy and how well the learned latent distribution matches a predetermined target distribution, usually a normal distribution. Interesting. What is this loss function composed of? The loss function consists of two parts, reconstruction loss and Kolbach-Liebler divergence. Together, these two components form what's known as evidence lower bound, ELBL, loss function. And what does each part measure? The reconstruction loss measures how well the decoder can reconstruct the original inputs from the latent space. Generally, mean squared error is used for continuous inputs or crossed entropy for discrete inputs. And what about Kullback-Liebler divergence? Kullback-Liebler divergence is a measure of how different two probability distributions are. In the context of VAEs, it's used to measure how far the encoder learned latent distribution deviates from a predetermined target distribution usually a standard normal distribution. Okay, got it. So when training a VAE, it attempts to minimize the loss function, e. improving reconstruction of inputs and reducing KL divergence, which requires careful balancing of both terms of the loss function since too much emphasis on reconstruction can lead to overfitting whereas too much emphasis on KL divergence can lead to underutilization of the latent space. That's right. So that's why VAEs are so useful in data compression. The encoder transforms the input data into a lower dimensional latent space, compressing the data and resulting in significant savings in data storage. Absolutely. For example, VAEs can be used to compress images or videos. After compressing them, they can be stored and then reconstructed through the VAEs decoder when needed. Cool. In addition to data compression... VAEs can also be used for data generation. After training a VAE on a particular data set, we can use it to generate new data that's similar to the original data distribution. 
That's right. The V80 does this by randomly sampling from the latent space and then reconstructing those samples with its decoder to generate new data. Since the latent space is a compact representation of the original data distribution, the generated data typically resemble the original data distribution. Right. For example, you could use VAEs to generate new images that are similar to those in a training data set. These techniques are often used in generative modeling, like generating new faces or creating artworks. Very cool. VAEs are also quite useful for anomaly detection and outlier identification, too. Essentially, if we train a VAE on mostly normal data, it will have difficulty accurately reconstructing anomalies. Okay, got it. So when a new data sample is presented, the VAE uses its encoder to project it into the latent space and its decoder to reconstruct it. If the sample is normal, meaning it resembles the data on which the VAE was trained, then the reconstruction should be pretty accurate. But if it's an anomaly, meaning it deviates significantly from the training data, then the reconstruction is likely to be inaccurate. Exactly. We can compare the original sample and its reconstruction to determine whether it's probably an anomaly or not. A commonly used measure of dissimilarity is reconstruction error. That is, the difference between the original sample and its reconstruction. Higher reconstruction error implies an anomaly. Right. This method of anomaly detection is an example of unsupervised learning since it doesn't require a labeled training set. It's especially useful in scenarios where anomalies are rare or where accurate labels are hard to obtain. Definitely. Finally, VAEs can also be effectively used for denoising images in a process called image denoising. The idea here is that the VAE learns to retain the most important features or structures of the input data while ignoring noise. That makes sense. So in a typical application scenario, we train the VAE on a collection of clean images. Its encoder learns to compress the images into a latent space, while its decoder learns to reconstruct them from that space. During this training process, it learns to encode the main structures or features of the images and ignore noise. Exactly. This method of image denoising is an example of unsupervised learning, since it does not rely on labeled data. This can be especially useful when clean, labeled data is hard to come by. That's right. Furthermore, VAEs can be used not only for removing noise, but also for improving the quality of images by, for instance, reconstructing missing parts of images or increasing the resolution of images. This process, known as image reconstruction, takes advantage of the VAE's ability to capture and preserve essential features of the input data. Impressive. So after a VAE is trained on a data set of high-quality images it can be used to improve the quality of images that are deficient in some way. Right. So here's how it generally works. The resulting reconstructed version of the image may thus have a higher quality than the original one. This can manifest in a number of improvements, such as sharper details, less image noise, or an overall cleaner image rendition. It's important to note that the success of this method heavily depends on how well the VAE is trained on the training images. The VAE needs to be able to recognize relevant features and structures in the training images and learn to replicate them effectively in the reconstructed images. Absolutely. Another remarkable capability of VAEs is their ability to generate new data samples. After training a VAE on a particular data set, it can be used to generate new data that resembles the original data distribution. This is especially useful in many domains such as image generation, music synthesis, and more. That's right. 
In this process of data generation, the VAE randomly samples from the latent space and reconstructs these samples through its decoder in order to generate new data. Since the latent space is a compact representation of the original data distribution, the generated data often resembles the original data distribution. For example, imagine having a VAE train out a data set of face images. After training, this VAE can then be used to generate new face images that resemble the original ones but are unique. Similarly, a VAE train on music can be used to generate new music pieces. It's important to note that quality and variety of generated data depend heavily on the quality of the training dataset and architecture of the VAE. A larger and more diverse training dataset and a carefully designed VAE architecture can help generate higher quality and more diverse data. Right. One of variational autoencoders' key strengths lies in their ability to capture complex data distributions. This capability is especially important in many applications of machine learning, such as natural language processing, computer vision, and more where data are often high-dimensional and complexly distributed. That's true. The ability of a VAE to model complex data distributions is closely related to its structure and its loss function. A VAE consists of an encoder and a decoder. The encoder compresses input data into a lower-dimensional latent space, while its decoder reconstructs the input data from this latent representation. During this process, the VAE learns to model the distribution of input data. Perfect. Got it. It's important to note that the ability of a VAE to model complex data distributions depends heavily on the architecture of the VAE and the quality of the training dataset. A well-designed VAE and a high-quality training dataset can help generate better models of complex data distributions. Right, VAEs have many applications in unsupervised learning scenarios since they can learn from data and capture useful representations without requiring labeled data. Here are some examples: generative adversarial networks, unsupervised clustering, anomaly detection, etc. Furthermore, VAEs enable both data compression and data generation while capturing complex data distributions. Indeed, selecting the right network architecture for VAEs can be challenging since many factors must be taken into account in order to ensure an efficient and effective modeling of data. Here are some challenges to consider when selecting suitable network architectures for VAEs, such as strong inductive biases, reduced flexibility, increased constraints on parameters, etc. Modeling high-dimensional data presents a significant challenge for VAEs, as high-dimensional data, like those found in image or speech datasets, can have a complex structure and distribution that is hard to capture and represent. Yes. Here are some specific difficulties that may arise when modeling high-dimensional data with VAEs, such as limited capacity for learning complex feature mappings, difficulty in capturing long-range interactions between features, etc. Despite these challenges, advances in machine learning methods and hardware technology have made modeling high-dimensional data with VAEs and other deep learning techniques increasingly feasible, with suitable methods for dimensionality reduction, regularization. And architecture selection, many of these challenges can be addressed. Furthermore, the key concepts and applications of variational autoencoders make them a powerful tool in many areas of machine learning and data analysis. Although there are some challenges and limitations that must be taken into account, the ability to generate new data and capture complex data distributions provides significant benefits. 
Future research and development in this field could lead to further improvements and new applications for VAEs.